You're listening to the Cheer Biz Podcast, where we dive into the business of running and owning your gym. Join us as we speak to industry experts, business gurus, and discuss how we can take your passion and turn it into profit. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and yes, I am a little bit under the weather in terms of my voice, uh, but I am here. That's actually why this episode is a little bit late on Saturday. Uh, I just did not have enough voice to get through an episode yesterday. So here I am making it happen, day of release. So you are getting this minutes after I finish recording, uh, and I am really excited about this topic, though. So we are going to be talking about things I won't skip on with my season cost sheet. Before we get into the episode, make sure you head over to Cheer and Gymnastics Gym Owners on, and and actually, sorry, Cheer Gym Owners on Facebook, not Cheer and Gymnastics Gym Owners, All-Star Coaches and Owners on Facebook, and NextGenOwners.com to check out everything the Academy has to offer. And last but not least, make sure you check out Danielle's book, The Cheer Gym Owner's Handbook. It's absolutely fantastic. She put a ton of work in it. There is so much value in that book. Even if you are a seasoned gym owner, I would recommend picking up the book because one of those ideas could make a major difference in your business. Now, let's get into the episode on things I won't skip on with my season cost sheet. All right, so now is the time that all of our next-gen clients are diving deep into their season cost sheet because before you know it, uh, tryouts are really right around the corner. Uh, Yes, this season, it just never stops. I remember way back when I first started owning a gym, we didn't start thinking about tryouts until about a month before. I mean, we thought about them a little bit, but you know, it was just we would put it out about a month before and people would register. Now, we've actually been open for registration since uh, January 18th for the 2024-2025 season. Now, not a lot of people are registering at the moment, um, and we haven't really promoted it very much. We're going to start to hit it hard now uh, in February because this is when our early registration window is going to end. But you need to be diving into your cost sheet and getting all those things in place and doing the research. You should be looking critically at things you are charging your clients for and what you are not. In this episode, I'm going to dive into all the things that I would never remove from my season cost sheet, as well as ways I have maybe removed things from the cost sheet, but still been able to offer those things to my clients. And this is such a a critical piece toward building your season and building your cost sheet because you want to make sure you're diligent about it. There is nothing that can scuttle your business growth like failing to budget correctly for your all-star season because those mistakes can be very, very expensive. If you miss budget for competition fees, the next thing you know, you could be $18,000 in the hole because you didn't budget correctly. And so it is so important that you build that cost sheet correctly. Why are we starting so early? So we can get quotes, so we can build strategies. I do not let my cost sheet prevent me from putting out my season packet and my ability to register for the next season. I am okay giving people the answer. I don't have the cost sheet yet 
But what I can tell you is it's going to ballpark between this amount and this amount. And that lets them know that, you know, this is the window that we're talking about in terms of expense. So let's get into the things that I absolutely would never cut from my cost sheet. Number one, camp. Now you may be listening and going, well, Dan, you own dream camps. Yes, I do. I still would never cut camp from our cost sheet. We've done camp. It's been a, a part of our gym since we started and it is quite literally one of the things that kids say every single year ha- is one of their favorite parts of the season. They'll reference camp, they'll reference going to competitions with their friends, and they'll reference end of season events as like they're kind of key memories of the season. And I think that it is a huge part of our retention. It is something that we make a real experience for the kids, and it is absolutely worth doing. Now, it's a high price tag, uh, and it definitely impacts my ability to charge more in other areas, but there, it has been so worth it for my team's growth, my athletes' growth, their memories, the team building, the team bonding, the things that we do that are very unique to Dream Camp um, have been just so critical for progressing our gym that it's now just a part of our identity. And I would never, ever think about cutting that from our cost sheet because it has become so intrinsic to who we are. And if it's not something that you have on your cost sheet, I actually, I'm, I'm going to be shameless and I'm going to say you should really consider it. Now, should you be doing a camp that you're getting something out of? Yes, absolutely. Are there camps that you can do that are absolute garbage and you get nothing out of? Yes, Absolutely. I would not say just to do a camp experience that you're paying, you're putting an extra three or $400 or $500 on your cost sheet to then just go and sing songs by the campfire. You should be getting skill development or routine content or um, team building or all of the above out of that camp experience. But I would never cut that from my cost sheet. And if you haven't done it, I would highly suggest it. It's a huge retention for us. And it actually can be a profit builder for you and your gym. Now, one of the things that you can do if you're looking at something like this is reach out to whatever camp provider you're interested in using and see if they'll allow your athletes to pay direct. Maybe you can take yourself out of the, as the middleman and you can say, this is something that we are doing as a program and it's expected but you can pay directly to uh, to the camp for it. So you take yourself out of that process. You don't do the processing fees. Uh, you just remove yourself from that. And that can potentially make your cost sheet look a little bit better. And realistically, we as gym owners, we do this all the time, right? You don't put hotel stays, or I certainly wouldn't recommend, you put hotel stays at competitions on your cost sheet. Uh, You can do end of season events this way, right? Where you have them book directly through Varsity for Summit or directly book their own hotels and travel and all that stuff. Like You can remove that stuff from being your responsibility. It is a cost but it's not something that funnels into the gym. And this is actually something that helps prevent people from adopting that mindset of I'm giving you $10,000, you know, you're you're getting rich off of this and meanwhile you're just 
taking in a bunch of things that are just passed through funds. So reach out to those camp providers or even other providers and see if the, your parents or pe- families can pay direct. Now, most are not going to allow that. Camps like we do with Dream Camps, um, but there are some providers that will allow that. Like I don't know any choreographers that allow you to you know, parents to pay the choreographer directly. Uh, and realistically, you should be paying for that out of the gym budget. But just something to consider as you move forward and you look at things. That's one of the strategies to get things off of your cost sheet. Uh, number two, I would never, ever cut proper margins on my pricing. Now, you're probably sitting there going, well, Dan, what?" either you're sitting there going, well, duh, um, or you're sitting there going, well, what do you mean by that? Because you need to have a way that you have profit margins on all of your stuff. You can avoid having really aggressive profit margins and be a little bit more detailed if you know down to the granular level what it costs in terms of business expense. So I know gym owners who do this where they add a profit margin. They just have a set percentage and they add a profit margin to everything. I also know gym owners who know how much they spend in salary, in credit card processing fees, in everything. They know exactly what their granular detail of expenses are. And then they know how to divide that up amongst the clients and set that as like a additional fee, whether that be an administrative fee or, um, they put it all into their registration fees or there's ways to do that and and structure that in in a variety of strategies the biggest thing about making sure you have profit margins or proper margins is you will not stay in business you i'm i'm telling you for a fact you will not stay in business if you only charge what something costs so if i go and i look at my uniform costs me i'm going to just use big round numbers my uniform cost me $120. My uh, competitions cost me $125 per competition, and we go to five competitions a year. My shoes cost me $100. My backpack cost me $100, right? And I just charge exactly that amount for each one of those things. I just put it on my cost sheet <clears throat> competition, $125. Uh, uniform, $120. And I, that's what I charge my parents. There's a couple problems with this. One, <clears throat> you're going to be paying staff for some of those things. Two, if people are paying you with credit cards, you're going to be getting processing fees, which is going to be like 3% uh, of the amount plus a, a percent, a number of cents per charge. Um, and the next thing you know, that $100 so that you charge someone is really you know, $98 or $97 plus another 25 cents. So now it's like, it's down to 95.50 is what you actually brought in. And you have a hundred people that you were 550 short on every single uniform you charged for because you didn't factor in the credit card processing fees, or you're paying a staff member to build the spreadsheets and do all the sizing and do all of that stuff. And you don't build that in because you're just charging the flat cost. And maybe you add the 3% for credit card processing fees, but then you pay another $500 in administrative fees for sorting uniforms when they get there and sizing people and measuring people and doing all of those things. And the next thing you know, you've now gotten upside down. And the same thing can happen with um, competition fees. One of the biggest things people get dinged on 
<clears throat> is stuff related to coaches fees. And that's actually my number three. I would never cut on things that make it so I can take proper care of my staff. Meaning I wouldn't reduce my tuition because that's what allows me to pay my staff. I would never take away my coach's fees for competitions because that's what allows me to take care of my staff. Can you do things bottom of the basement pricing? Yes, but I don't want my staff flying Spirit Airlines, staying at a Super 8 and being nickel and dimed constantly when they're told, you know, well, I won't pay you for your gas or I, I can only afford to sleep six people to a a two bed hotel room, um, you know, just those kind of things that make it so the experience for my staff is not a comfortable one, an enjoyable one. Now, I don't necessarily, I'm not saying you need to get the first class tickets everywhere, but your staff need to know that you are taking good care of them. And also, even just building in incentives to be on staff, you know rewards, whether that be just little little things, little 12 days of Christmas gifts or little bonuses or things like that. But I would never cut out of my season cost sheet those things that consider taking good care of my staff and providing them the things in which they deserve, which is to be taken care of when they're doing work. When they are working for the gym, I want to make sure that I am taking really good care of them. That is the important piece. Now, this is something that we are helping our academy members with. We actually just did a budgeting workshop with all of our academy members. Um, that We have so many resources within the academy. So if you need help building your cost sheet, I, <clears throat> I know now is the time of the season where the budget is tight, where things are expensive. <clears throat> but if you can spend the money to join the academy and get a coach and you can, you can invest that money, that investment could save you and potentially make you tens of twenties of maybe even hundreds of thousands of dollars just by having a coach who's helping you grow your business and also helping you avoid those errors and those pitfalls that can be really expensive. And I'm telling you this from the perspective of I have been that gym owner who sat in this chair and looked at the bank account and been like, we have a whole nother competition to pay for and we don't have any money in the account. And we don't have any more assessments coming in. Oops, I've been there. And I've been looking down the barrel of you know a, a $12,000 competition bill and not having any money in the account. So these kind of things can help save you major, major money because your, your option for that is then, well, maybe take out a loan and then the next thing you know, you're paying interest on that loan. So that $12,000 really costs you $16,000 by the time you pay it off over five years, right? Like there are some significant risks in not setting your pricing correctly. Now, these are the things that I wouldn't skip on. Okay. Those are the things that I would not reduce. I wouldn't think about skimping on, on my cost sheet. Let's talk about the areas where I would look at skimping and some things that I would save or remove from my cost sheet. Number one is things like shoes, backpacks, sweats, matching sports bras and shorts, practice outfits, etc. I don't have those things on my Kashi. Yes, do you need shoes to cheer? Absolutely. But they can buy whatever shoes they want. I just tell them what color they need to be. Do you need a backpack to cheer? Nope. Can you buy my backpack? Yep. Do you need uh, warm-ups? Nope. Do my kids wear them? 
Nope. Can you buy them? Sure, if you want. Do you need a matching sports bra and practice outfit and all that stuff for the whole season? No. Can you sell it? Yes. Is it nice when you go to like really big events and you're, you know, having your swagger at NCA and those things and you all look cute? Like, yeah. And can you do build those things in? Sure. But they're just another expense that you may want to remove from your Kashi. So a lot of those things I don't have on my Kashi. We sell them later in our pro shop um, and we sell them to our clients, but they're not on there at the beginning of the season because they're kind of an optional thing. Number two, choreography. Now, this is only sort of true. I say this to say that we do in-house choreography and we hire out throughout the season for upgrades. We hire out for some dance and flash and things like that. So we do charge for choreography. We pay our staff who do in-house choreography. We also pay to bring people in to do upgrades and things like that. If you are not capable of doing in-house choreography, which is totally fine. And there are a lot of people who should not do in-house choreography because you're not a choreographer and you haven't learned those things yet. If you want to learn how to do that, check out the Forte Spirit Solutions choreography um, training that they do this summer. I think they're doing two trainings this year. But if you're going to hire out for choreography, look at the pricing. You don't have to pay $4,000, $5,000 per routine. There are lots of choreographers out there. I know a few of them. I consider myself one of them, although I don't do a ton of choreography. That's not my my number one thing I do, but I, I do it as well. And, but there's Jess Forte. Uh, there's Kelly Berg. There's uh, me. There's Taylor Shapiro, who we use. I have like lots of people through my camp company that I work with. There are choreographers out there who will come and do good routines for you, maybe even great routines for you. And they're not going to charge you quite as much. So look at your options when you look at who you're going to hire for choreography and figure out who may do it for a little bit more reasonable pricing and maybe even give you a better experience. Number three is music. I have paid a lot for mixes before, like 100%. I I paid decent amounts this year. Have I also hopped on cheer sounds and used the A-count mixer and made mixes for teams uh, when ours weren't there yet or made mixes for our uh, cheer abilities team? Uh, yeah, I absolutely have. I've 100% done that. And I've done that. I even did that this year for some of our elite teams because our elite mixes didn't come in time for our first competition. And the funny thing was, is some of the kids, my daughter included, liked the mix that I made more than they liked the mix that I paid $1,800 for. So you can absolutely do music a lot of different ways. There are so many options out there, uh, whether it be cheer sounds or IPP um, with some of their pre-made mixes, the eight count mixers. Like there's so many things out there that you can utilize that you can reduce cost or skimp on cost. You still want to be strategic. You still need to make sure that you charge the right amount and that you have some markup and that you have set your pricing based off the number of athletes on the team and all of those different things. You want to be strategic about it, but you can do things for reduced cost. Or maybe you think you're going to go with a really expensive option and registration isn't quite what you think it's going to be and the number is a little bit less. 
Find ways to save money. Don't just stick with the original plan and say, oh, well, I said I was going to go with this $4,000 choreographer, but now I've only got nine kids on the team and I didn't charge enough and I'm going to lose money on it. Change, switch, right? Switch directions, pivot. The last thing I would trim on is risk, all risk, no reward expenses. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean things that I am not really in control of the deliverable. So I want to look at things that I am charging for that I am event. I'm going to get blamed for if they don't turn out well, and I'm not at all in control of the way in which it is delivered. So this goes back to some of the like shoes, backpacks, warmups, those things. One of the reasons I wanted to get those off of my cost sheet is because we had so many issues with suppliers over the years that it became a really big headache when we wouldn't get backpacks that we ordered and they would be back ordered and all these different things. It's like, it's all risk and no reward by doing it that way. So I want to get those things off of my cost sheet because the extra 20 bucks I make on them is not worth the uh, harm and reputation for my clients having a bad experience and thinking that I messed up even when it I did everything right and the supplier just didn't come through. And there are a lot of things that are being ordered right now that are not coming in time. So make sure you're partnering with the right people who are going to deliver on time for you. As you leave this, leave this episode, the number one thing I want you to do is dive into your cost sheet. I know it's not the most fun thing to do. I know it's not sexy. I know it's not exciting for a lot of people. Now, I find it really exciting because uh, it's it's like doing surgery on your business, right? You're like getting in there and you're you're cutting out the things that don't need to happen, and you're you're you know rerouting things, and you're making your business run more effectively and bring in more profit, and also providing more opportunities for your clients and your teams and your staff. Like if you do this right it can really set your business up for success. So I find this really fun and exciting. If you don't, bite the bullet, right? Get in there, dive in, look at everything you paid this year versus what you charged. Did you fall short? Did you hit your mark? Did you have a profit margin? Did you maybe charge too much? That's also something you should look at. Maybe I charged too much for this thing and I need to reroute that money somewhere else, right? These are all things that could be happening in your cost sheet. So do that deep dive. Do that deep dive. And if you're a coach listening to this, encourage your owners to do that. It's going to help all of you. And also know that your owners are trying to figure it out so they can provide what they believe they should be providing in the gym. And they're tr- this is not easy stuff. A lot of it is trying to have to look into the future and see what competitions are going to charge. If you're a parent listening to this, know that gym owners spend hours upon hours upon hours upon hours trying to figure out <clears throat> how to make their cost sheet something that is good for the business, but also is not taking advantage of their clients. I've literally never talked to a gym owner once who has said, <clears throat> charge whatever, who cares? Parents be damned. They are staying up late at night trying to figure out how to make it as reasonably priced as possible in a sport that is very, very expensive. And it's very, very expensive because of a lot of the pass-through costs and the cost of rent and the cost of uniforms and the cost of all those different things, right? Like I've told you guys a hundred times, my rent's like $21,000 a month in my building. 
That means I have to charge a good amount for tuition. Plus I have to pay my staff. Plus I have to, you know, pay for the lights and pay for processing me. I mean, there's so many things to pay for like that. The expenses just keep going up, which unfortunately the way a business works is that always trickles down to where the revenue comes in. So make sure you're being strategic about it. In one of our future episodes, we'll dive into more ways to build revenue streams in your business so you're not having to put everything on your all-star program. I look forward to that episode with you all. And with that, hope you enjoyed it. We'll catch you on the next one. What up, party people? This is Jason Larkins, host of the Let's Talk Cheer podcast, and I've teamed up with Kristen Wheeler of the Cheer Mom podcast and Dan Cotton of the Cheer Biz podcast. That's right. Hey, everybody, Kristen here. We know that you love cheer, so why not dive into more perspectives? Tune into my podcast, the Cheer Mom podcast, for cheer issues spoken from the parents' perspective. Then head over to Dan's podcast, the Cheer Biz podcast, to learn from a gym owner on on how to run a successful cheer business. And of course, don't miss the Let's Talk Cheer podcast featuring Jason Larkins, the one that we all know and love, where they talk about cheer from a coach's perspective. Which means whether you're a coach, a cheer parent, or a gym owner, we've got you covered. Find all three podcasts on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and stay tuned for new episodes each week. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, click the link in our description to apply. If you're interested in joining NextGen, visit our website at www.nextgenowners.com. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening.